0: Welcome, church, and thanks so much for being here once again. Uh, Tuning in on this conversation that we've been having now for um, over six months uh, from our living room here. And and today we're going to uh, have our final conversation in the series that started 12 weeks ago uh, called What is the Church? And I really I I thought about this and I thought maybe I better file a disclaimer right out of the shoot this morning. Because, you know, as we're wrapping up this, this, this conversation series and moving into another, uh, there, there's really a lot of information I want to tie up with this one and then give you about where we're going from here. And so th- all the stats say that people will only tune into a video for 22 or 23 minutes. And so I was like, I don't know if I can squeeze it all in there. Maybe I can, maybe I can't, but if I, if I don't, Would you just this one time, um, just uh, just stay with me? If you need to go get a sandwich real quick, go ahead and grab that as we're introducing things. Uh, But stay around for the whole message today, if it gets a little bit long. But the conversation has been for all these twelve weeks now, start you know, final today, of what is the church? And so I think if you've been tuning in at all for even even a portion of that time. I don't think it would come to any surprise that the final message then in this series should be called, We Are the Church. We most certainly are the church. Uh, we made the um, really the differentiation, uh, the very first message of the, really a common misunderstanding that the church is a building, uh, that it's uh, a place that is down the street, uh, at a specific place where we meet on a specific day and time. And we tried to really dispel that because that's not the way scripture ever talks, but the fact of the matter is the church is the people. It's a a living, breathing, moving organism made up of folks like us. And so we most certainly are the church. And so this morning I kind of want to, as we're getting into the last few lines of the letter of Titus, I wanted to kind of um, talk about we as a church. What is the church? What do we do? And how do we do that? Just in a real short, short bit here. But I wrote down a couple things and a few things about this, and so uh, just to kind of wrap up this series, um, what is the church? Well, I wrote down that I think that the church, you know, in the best that I can, you know, put in my own words, is that the the church is a supernatural entity of people, uh, people sinners, really, right? That has been created and is now being nurtured and transformed by God Himself. The church's purpose is to be a faithful witness of the gospel and to make beautiful our King and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The church are people who understand the grace that they have been given. Folks uh, just like you and me that understand fully, apart from God's intervention in our lives, uh, we were destined for eternal punishment, but because of His love for us, not our goodness by any means, but for His love of us, the grace of God now promises to all those who come to Jesus Christ in sincere faith, eternal life in heaven, eternal peace. We have that grace. The church is missionaries uh, in our environment, wherever we are at today, at the moment. We are witnesses of the grace and the love and the, the new life that only comes from a relationship with Christ. The church are people who are being transformed from just simple followers who who like to hear about Jesus and like to dress up on Sundays and truly turning into gosp- uh, 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 disciples. People who are being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of them, that can no longer keep quiet about their King and their Savior, Jesus Christ. The church are people who every effort, whose every intention is to make Him, our Lord and Savior, look beautiful as He truly is. Those are the things on what we do. And so how do we do it? I think how the church does their specific activity. What is the specific activity of the church? And I think that's really no more than just the practical application of the love and the grace that we have received ourselves First and foremost, spread amongst the body of believers that we belong to, wherever that church family might be, the local people that we can influence. And when we do that, the church, the true church, the specific activity of the church is so obvious and so authentic and so unrelenting. (laughs) Our love for each other, the grace that we extend to one another, is so real, so obvious, so authentic, and so unrelenting, despite all the odds, that it testifies to the entire world the authenticity of the gospel and the reality of a new life lived under the shadow of the cross. In short, it testifies in everything that we say, everything that we do, that Jesus Christ truly is real, and He truly most certainly is beautiful. The church is grace. The church is an outward and an inward extension of that grace that God has poured out onto His people as individuals. We plug it into a community of the church and then we realize that we are part of something much bigger than us, and even some building down the block, but in fact, a body of believers that transcends borders and transcends time. It's an amazing thing. I hope that in our time together, that if you're that you're like me, and, and we quit thinking that we've, or at least move down the road a bit, uh, in in the idea that the church is something just a part of our life. But instead it's something that is all the parts of my life and all the parts of your life. So in this twelfth and final message of our series, we're going to read the last bit of the letter of Titus. And Paul closes his letter to Titus. And I think that what I'm trying to get across this morning about the inward and the outward extension of that grace and the concern for the whole church... Paul really gives a fantastic demonstration of his own concern of the well-being of the church itself, the inward, and the continued proclamation of the the gospel, the outward expression of the church. And so I'll tell you this. When I read scripture, I I don't intentionally sit there and say, hey, I want to put myself in this place, but it it almost seems like a natural uh, natural thing that happens at times. And so when Paul ends this intimate letter to Titus, I mean it's almost, it's kind of an emotional thing. Because Paul is now an old man. This letter was written somewhere they say about 63 or 64 AD. And Paul had already been in prison uh, once. He would already done one stint in, the, in a Roman prison for his faith and his proclamation of the gospel. And most certainly, he hadn't had a easy life the last 25 or 30 years by any stretch of the imagination. He'd had a rough go. And now he's penning this letter <coughs> to this young man. And he doesn't know this, but within a couple of years, he would be arrested again. And he'd be executed. So why this is an emotional thing for me is because I see Paul as one of my church members. He's part of the church that we're talking about right now. A church that God has created. A supernatural entity that transcends time and borders and likes and dislikes and fears and concerns and even discord and hatred. Because our every effort, our every effort, our every concern is the proclamation of the gospel and to let the world know that Jesus is real and that he's beautiful. So, if you've got your place in there, if you feel like it's like, okay, maybe I can see what Paul is doing, an old man writing this letter, and he tells Titus these words As soon as I send Artemis and Tychicus, or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way and see that they have everything that they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to, that they may provide for daily necessities and, and not live unproductive lives. Everyone with me. Sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. And grace be with you all. (laughs) I don't know about you. But what I read in this is the picture of the church. Then, and really the picture of the church now. Paul was writing a long distance letter to someone that he loved talking about people that he was concerned for, that he cared about, and really demonstrating for the millionth time that his focus in all of life was that the world here is about the Lord. And so while disconnected by distance and facing mountain difficulties in the church at that time, because the surrounding culture uh, was getting uglier, And those who were in power in those days were getting much more opposed to Paul's message and anybody that would speak of Christ. But yet, together, Paul was convinced that if they just hung together, if they stayed focused on the mission, God was going to see it through and everything was going to be okay. (laughs) You know, I just can't help but make a correlation between the end of this letter that Paul writes long distance and where we're at today, perhaps, in the church. I think the surrounding culture is getting uglier and very possibly the whole world is just getting a little tired and a little more opposed to hearing about Jesus Christ. This year, in 2020, this COVID-19 separation has caused a a polarization polarization of the society that we live in. But God is still in control. Paul was connected by letters, and and I don't think this would surprise you. But I see as connected with the internet, we may have been separated for a time, and I know some churches are back, but many aren't. But we still stuck together. We're a lot like Paul. We're just a little more digital nowadays. I read that that the common salutation of the day of the world. People that lived in the world, uh, non-believers, would sign off on a letter often and say that they wished that the people that they were writing to, their loved ones, would have health and wealth. But Paul didn't write that, let me remind you. He says, everyone with me sends you greetings, and so greet those who love us in the faith, and grace be with you all. You see, Paul was old enough and further down the road and the faith enough that he understood that health and wealth are of very little importance in the turbulent times that they were living in. But what his listeners what Titus needed to hear, what all the people needed to hear, is the grace of God will be with you. Seek His face. Don't give up. Keep the focus. Keep the faith. Keep moving. Stay on mission. Don't let the love of God leave your heart. And by every means, by all means, tell the people of your church that you love them and that you're there for him. So the question is, we can read and we know where Paul's life went and where the church went, but now the question for us is where do we go from here? Truly, where do we go from here? That might be the million dollar question. Because the times, folks, that we are living in most certainly are a-changing, no? None of us know where the church is headed at this point. I, I, in my time of uh, self-isolation over the last month, few months, I've, I've been blessed by the, by the internet, really. Uh, we've attended a lot of uh, workshops and even conferences uh, from, from here. And uh, we're trying to stay up to date on what the experts are saying about the church. And we just heard that at this point in the United States overall, only about 30 to 40% of the people that were going to church post-COVID or pre-COVID are going to church right now. And so we're still missing in our churches, our our, our church gatherings, um, roughly 60 to 70% of who was there before. There's many reports that says that at least that churches are expecting that at least twenty percent of the people that attended pre-COVID don't plan on coming back at all. Hmm. The times are changing. The times are changing. But I'll tell you what I I have confidence not in us or even the digital age we live in but I know that God is, is opening the door for what's next. I'm confident that he's already made plans and he's already made provisions for the church of where we go from here. Our job is to stay focused, stay on mission, and use every availability that we can to continue to tell the world that Jesus is beautiful. I have a brother... Uh, well, I have a brother by a small bee brother by, the blood, by blood, by genetics. But he's also my big bee brother uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and he shared a really great message this week. And what it was, was uh, 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 Wandale Robinson. He's a wide receiver for the Cornhuskers, right? And so there's big news. Um, Nebraska football is going to be back. But like all things, you know, pre-COVID, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be different, and it's not going to be anything really like it used to be. I think you know, if we ask the question, where do we go from here, I think that would be one of the things that we should write down is that we should all start making a post-COVID wish list and start working on it now. What do I want my personal life and my marriage and my family to look like post-COVID and start working on that today? What do I want my uh, spiritual life to look like post-COVID and start working on it today? What do I want the church to look like and how can I be involved and what can I do post-COVID and start working on it today? But my brother, he, he talked about what a uh, 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 quote that he heard from Wandale Robinson and it's really a football analogy of living life outside of football, but much more than that, it's easily and greatly plugged into the church in our conversation today. Because with all the question marks that's up for the Cornhuskers this year, what is reported is that Nebraska just continued to practice and prepare just like normal, just like the season was going to happen tomorrow. And so they put everything in place. And so what Robinson said that it hasn't been difficult to stay focused at all amid all the controversies and the unknowns and the changes. He said, this is a quote, we're just worried about what we can control and getting better every day. We're not worried about outside hype and things like that or what our schedule looks like. We're just trying to get better each and every day. That young man has a lot of wisdom. And I think that that really is a marching orders for the church, isn't it? We can't concern ourselves with what is going on or what might happen or what, you know, how we can get things back to normal or any of that kind of stuff, but we know for sure that God has already been there. And so our job then is to just keep trying to get a little bit better every single day you know the, in a football sense the understanding is that if you broke it down the entirety of football with all the Xs and Os and the all the things that take place that surround college football the basic thing is you want to score more touchdowns than the other guy that's all football is well that's the church too if you boil it all down to what is the church we want to make Jesus more famous than the other guy I think you know who I'm talking about. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if the experts are right about 20% coming, not coming back. I just know that post-COVID, the church is going to look a lot different. But here's what I do know. That we're all in this together. And we all have a place. And God has a plan for every single one of us who have been bathed in the blood of Jesus Christ. It's just a fantastic, extremely important scripture in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25. And it just fits so well in today. Where are we going? I don't know. How's it going to turn out? I don't know. But I know that I have you with me. And I know you're with me, and I'm with you. And I know that we have people all over the world who are loving Jesus Christ right now, who has question marks. Just like Paul wrote, I don't know how things are going to turn out with me this winter. But take care of the brothers. Come to me when you can. Let's stay on mission. A passage says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us spur one another on to stay on mission. Let us truly not look at this as just another message or another Sunday or another time in a season. Because it's not. Let's realize that we need to get busy because all the more, as things progress in this world, I think it's much easier to imagine that the day is approaching much quicker than many of us thought it might be. Now's the time to make hay while the sun shines. Now's the time to demonstrate that grace and that love within the church to me and me to you and to your brother down the pew or the other person that's still watching from home. Reach out, encourage one another, spur one another on and whenever possible, let's meet together. Whether it's in a building or on the street or in the driveway or over the internet, let's help each other out. So the question for us here, Angie and I, the Barnabas Bridge, where do we want to go from here? Well, the series today is over, What is the Church? I hope the instructions that we've shared and that we've learned from each other and the studies that have taken place has changed us. And we're going to move on now into a series that I believe is what we're going to entitle it is, Who is Jesus? And that's not going to be uh, uh, like a History Channel expose of somebody that lived 2,000 years ago. But it's going to be really a time where we can look over the life of Jesus Christ now. Because He lives today. And He's moving and active. And the power of His Spirit is here with us. We're going to see how Jesus moves and affects us today. We're also going to uh, start a midweek discussion, and so we're going to do that on a little bit different platform. Uh, we're going to use Facebook Live, probably on a Wednesday on Wednesday morning, and we're just going to discuss whatever's on my mind that day. Um, and so we hope that you would enjoy us there or join us there. Uh, thirdly uh, we're considering having a a, a live zoom meeting uh, when winter starts, uh, whether it's weekly or biweekly or even monthly we'd like to start gathering a community of digital uh, digitally and so we'll do that on zoom and we'll start that later on in the year when people are in Nebraska or football might be over I don't know we don't know how that's going to work, but it'll be cold and so we'll give an opportunity to gather like that. Um, I want to tell you that this idea of who we are, the Barnabas Bridge. That name, Barnabas, in, the, in the, if you know the Book of Acts or Scripture, uh, the New Testament, you would know that Barnabas was a man, a real man, that lived about 2,000 years ago. And his job was never to be the, the main person. He was the p- person behind the scenes as an encourager. And that's what we want to be here at uh, Barnabas. We just want to be an encouragement to you. Uh, we're not hoping or desiring at all to take the place of your in-person meetings. We encourage you and we want you so much to be plugged into a body of believers somewhere. But maybe this could be part of, part of your experience or your growth. Uh, one of the things that we read of uh, the future forecast of how the church might look is that many people believe that uh, it's going to be a hybrid of before COVID when everybody met in buildings together. And now during COVID when so many are still meeting digitally like this, and post-COVID, they think it's going to be like both, where people are going to have a, a church family that they are with uh, in a personal uh, way, in-person, physical. But they're also going to expand that now with a, with a great, greatly expanded use of digital. And so we hope to be part of that. Over the last cu- the course of the last six months, uh, we, we've Angie and I have really changed everything we used to do in person and now we're doing digitally. And we hope that it's been a benefit to a number of people. Um, we, we count the YouTube uh, views and we have a couple uh, small churches that are, are using our, this video on their Sunday worship. And so really a real conservative estimate is that we believe that about 175 people a week see this message. And, and we really think that we're just blown away by that. It's, it's humbling and it's encouraging. And, and so we hope that uh, uh, that's a benefit to many people and, and we've had some really kind people over the last few months say some really neat things. And so w- we want to ask you that it, sometimes the encouragers though, if we're Barnabas encouragers, sometimes we need an encouragement. And so if we've been helpful to you in any way, uh, I, I would ask something from you, and uh, here there's kind of a simple things, and, and and so what we would like to do, we're here in our living room, and so oftentimes we don't. If there's 175 people out there, we want to we want to know you more. We want to hear from you, and so we could be a little more interactive. And so if you would do some things like subscribe to our YouTube channel, um, that would greatly encourage us. And, and you know if you would. Uh, perhaps if you would like us on Facebook, our Facebook page of Barnabas Bridge. And, and, and you know what would really be something? If you would share the message or the, the conversation, just share that on Facebook. It, it really just helps out. You could listen to us on podcasts. Uh, we're on Spotify and many other platforms now. And I know some people are saying, I, I don't do the Facebook, I don't do the YouTube, I don't do any of that kind of stuff. Well, send us a letter call us on the phone, send us a text message if you can do that. All the information that I just spoke of is, is in the notes today. And you can always go to our website, thebarnabasbridge.org, and find out everything. Mostly importantly, I want you to know that over the last six months we've prayed for everybody that has been watching. We've prayed for the church, the international church. So we pray all the time that things keep moving the way that God's will has designed it to be in the church today. So first and and foremost, all the things that I asked, I hope you do to encourage us, but mostly would you continue to pray for us because we covet your prayers. So folks, uh, God bless you this week. And take care. I, I hope to see you next week. I hope to hear from you this week. To borrow from Paul's words as we close out this series of what is the church, I think Paul said it best, didn't he? Everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the church, that is, in faith. Paul's saying that inward grace, grace be with you all love you guys. We look forward to seeing what God does in the future with us. So join us again next week and we'll get into that new series with Jesus.